to say a torso, but you know what? A torso. A fucking a torso. You gonna, do you want to drink the nicotine salt? I think that's vape juice. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's blazed, yeah. yeah. don't it? Let's, uh, let's cut out the middleman here. Let's see what happens if I just use this as eye drops. Well, you probably start seeing like uh, like Homer Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, exactly. Uh, for those of you who are big fans of uh, of audio fidelity, you might be hearing, "Huh, it sounds like Riley and uh, Dan are in." an actual studio with uh, mics and not, you know, in their various uh, basements and cellars and home offices. Yeah, and yeah. Separated Fox by... Holes, uh, separated by enormous amounts of undersea uh, tethering. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's right, we are in the same place once again. Same room. Um, I think this actually makes the majority of episodes that have been released in the last sort of four or five weeks co-recorded, the two of us. Same that's room, right. same time. Because I was here and then you were there I was, and now I'm back here. You're back here. Yeah, that's right. We've we've been uh, now. I'm I'm over here now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So for for all first you, I was here, now I'm over there. For for Dan fans uh, out there, you know, you can know that uh, whenever I'm there or he's here, uh, we will be um, recording together in the same room. Uh, look, Correct. I I have very urgent uh, news to share with you. Uh, Canada might be getting a thousand kilometer per hour vacuum tube train. Never gonna happen. Well, I mean, it's not gonna happen. What but if, who's building it? Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you might ask that question. Um, it is, it, it's a Canadian company uh, called Transpod. Is this related to the company that cl- claims that they're going to build a hyperloop between Calgary and Edmonton? Uh, y- yes. Oh, <laughs> man. I love these guys. Uh-huh. Well, look, look. So the f- that's phase one. Okay. Cal- Calgary and Edmonton hyperloop, right? Okay. And it's, look, phase one is easy, right? Yeah. Because Calgary and Edmonton, that's fine, you know. Uh, easy to, it's, it's one little straight line. But, but they've secured another just over half a billion uh, in finance for, a, no. <laughs> for their actual endeavor. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Who's giving these dipshits money? It's never going to have save the money. Oh, oh, the healthcare system is falling apart. Oh, we got to introduce private, private second tier mm. medicine. Like, who give this money to some anybody else? How about this? Regular train. Yeah. How about just trains? Fuck it. What about, look, can we have trains? Well, I, look, we had the one, the patriotic train, the first one. Yes, the big train. The big train. Cross, cross Canada, Trans Canada. And that's, I mean, that's not for people. No, it's for goods. For stuff. And it is also for people, if you would like to pay as much as a first class ticket on an airline to England, you can, you can uh, go on the train. Yeah, of course. You and can ride the choo-choo. Yeah. Uh, but and what if, here's the thing, right? You know, what if we took, we, what if we internalized, you know, the uh, lessons of Mao, uh-huh. right? Which is that you can actually leapfrog the, um, the liberal phase, you can go directly from a kind of agrarian peasantry yes. to socialism. The, uh, this is the great leapfrog forward. Yes, exactly. What if we did that with uh, trains? Mm-hmm. And so instead of uh, just having a normal rail infrastructure so that people weren't um, basically prisoners of their cars, we leapfrogged right to um, uh, vacuum tube uh, tra- 
How about, how about this? Bring the fucking Greyhound back. Bring the Greyhound back. What about that? So many communities under, un, under unserved by uh, transport. You're stuck there, you know? Well, the thing is, right, um, you might say, you know, well, Greyhound, that's fine. It is a, um, not only is it a fossil fuel burning mode of conveyance, the other thing is, is that modes of transport that exist mm-hmm. are more carbon intensive than renderings on PowerPoint decks. Right, that's right. You know, that's it's, right. it's ultimately, if you can remove the physical element of transportation entirely, mm. that's going green. That's, you're going to get net zero really quick. You're not even going to need to do carbon sequestration. You can, if you'd replace the transport system overall with some it's slides. the Lyle approach. You, you yeah. draw the train and then you draw the picture of you with a bag of money and you write the word suckers over the people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's carbon neutral. Yeah, look, I, I, is Lyle, am I going to say Lyle Landley was a was a, a, a saint? Uh, yes, yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, absolutely. He was an innovator. Although, here's the thing, right? Uh, the, the flux jet. Uh, <laughs> the what now? Well, that's what it's called. Tran- the transpod flux jet. Oh, man. This guy, every time. Come on, keep up. Ah, Canada, yeah, Canada has got to have its own shitty direct-to-video version of... Mm. It's know, also, like, 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 Hyperloop, it's sort of everyone involved in Hyperloop sort of admit it like elon musk admitted like oh yeah this was just a stymie rail development in exactly. california yes like the only other people really considering it are this is the same country that's trying to build a thousand mile long city in the desert and they will and they will yeah yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to performing for an audience of mostly dinosaurs <laughs> like, yeah you could play on the fake moon in neon yeah. it'd be great that'd be incredible yeah you could you could stand on one end of the line and then all the big fans would be like, get the train, mm-hmm, like the, like mm-hmm, people who really, mm-hmm. really love uh, Wolf Parade. Yeah. They love that, that it was on that Dennis Leary show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Halt and catch up. Yeah. They'll, yeah. They'll, they'll come up to the front of the stage and then people can mill around towards the back of the city and it can be one big stage for you. I love it. I yeah, love perfect. this idea. This is great. I flipped on the train thing. I think this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, Sebastian Gendron. Co-founder of uh, co-founder and CEO of Transpod and uh, sworn brother of the Night's Watch tells CNN, "Quote: The first phase of construction consists of the connection to Edmonton Airport, which is planned to start at the oh, end of 2023." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I love how it's like uh, when like the construction start dates of these things get tantalizingly close. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh, is it oh, happening? They're gonna break is ground. It? Oh, they're gonna break ground. They're gonna put in a big pillar. Yeah. Um, it says. With the full line connecting Calgary to Edmonton in 2027. Also, again, it would take, this is what it would take to get, I think, like a conservative provincial government interested in mass transit is if it feels like it's um, an insult to trains. Yes. uh, Or alternatively, a thing that can sort of take the public desire for trains and be like, no, you don't want trains. We got the special. You got a super train. You got super train. We have the train from the 1970s TV show Super Train. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got the stewardesses. It's got the theme music. Yeah. It's got the little model. It has, I think, a chimp. I think it does have a chimp. I think there was a chimp on Super Train. Yeah. I can't remember. I might be confusing. Look, my, some memories might have gotten mixed up in cold storage where I'm confusing sort of scenes from Dunstan Checks In with scenes from <laughs> Super Train. Uh, but I had the most cursed thought. Okay, share. Snowpiercer, but it's just going back and forth between Calgary and Edmonton. <laughs> I think that's just what the train is going to be. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah. this is the look. If, if Jason Kenny was like able to 
able to consolidate his rule over Alberta, he would have implemented a Snowpiercer type situation. That's right. Where if you're um if you're if you're a uh, a, a snowflake, uh if or if you're if, if you're a snowflake, you go in steerage, mm-hmm. and then if you're um uh, uh, you're a giga oil chad, then yeah, you if you're an oil giga chad or like a media studies graduate who's been sort of put in just a little bit of blackface to go and talk to yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah just to go to go and talk to the to, to, to parliament. I think of that all the time, Bernard the Roughneck. It's just, it's just huh. They, they, and, and Parliament was like, yeah, well, of course the guy wouldn't have cleaned the oil off of his face before coming to... Yeah, it just got off the job. Just, Sorry, guys. Yeah, just got off the job and f- maybe, maybe the train was so fast that it was like, yeah, just got here. Um, no, it says the network will transport up to 54 passengers and 10 tons of cargo at a time in flux jet vehicles with trains departing every two minutes. What? 50, okay, all right. 50, look, look, it's pretty simple, right? And How many gonna, people need to go from Calgary to Edmonton? Well, you could, for example, have to go look at an abandoned off. Maybe, maybe you live in Edmonton and your, ID, and your job is as a kind of night watchman for abandoned offices. Oh, ah, okay, okay, you know? okay, okay. Or maybe you work at a company called something like the Idea Store and uh, your sort of whole job is to talk about how oil companies can use the metaverse. Maybe you live in Calgary, but... Um you your job is having to go to Edmonton every day to polish the Roman Chukovich statue. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know, this is going to basically create a kind of central Canadian... You know, this is going to create... This is, look, the golden horseshoe, right? The, the, that, that, whip of popula- that, that whip of population that's sort of so steeped in the Laurentian consensus yeah. from, from Quebec City all the way down through to the bustling metropolis of Niagara-on-the-Lake, right? Uh, they need a new. There needs to be a new megalopolis. What, what you're Canada. saying is we're creating the Western Line. Yeah, we are creating. We are creating uh, the Neom in. Uh, look, everyone says that the reason we don't like Neom is that it's not in a democracy, right? Yeah. That's the main thing people say they don't like about Neom. Yeah, not that it's never going to happen or what's going to happen. They yeah. said. Yeah, exactly. You they saw said the renderings. Was, I saw the. What a rendering lie! No, no, of course not. No. Uh, well, uh, so I think what we're going to see is we're going to see the, um, Canadian, the Canadian sort of, uh, like Western alienation. No, no, no. We're going to get Western megalopolis. It's going to be like uh, a cyberpunk future. Uh, where the saddle dome is going to get sort of lit up underneath. It's going to be Maybe, I mean, maybe this will lead to something we've talked about on this show many times, which is Canadian DARPA being headquartered in Calgary and that fixing a lot of their, uh, sort of like, uh, uh, urban, you know, urban blight issues with the downtown business core. Yeah, well, look, you know, it's, if, so if you can get people moving back and forth, you're going to get some DARPA that happens mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the company has said that the new system will help cut highway traffic massively, as well as reducing CO2, CO2 emissions by around 636,000 tons per year. Um, again, I, uh, the, the, remembering what it takes to make a vacuum tube train system. That's not important. No. That's not. That's not of course. Important. Look. All it, it's easy to create probably what hundreds of miles of a completely hermetically sealed tube in. This is this is what I like, right? I think in a system where if nothing really ever goes wrong, it works fine, is the perfect kind of thing to implement. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of just one of my all time favorites. I think um, also you know if you're gonna build that, you might as well. Yeah, it's like why not build it in a place where uh, the temperature regularly falls below minus thirty degrees Celsius? You know yeah. what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Building something underground 
Oh no, no, it's it's over. It's overground. Oh, it's overground. Uh, so but thermal thermal. Exp- I mean, look. So it's I, gonna have to be heated. Well, yeah. Which is an expensive energy. I fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> these these guys. I mean, we've kind of been following this this. Uh, I'm putting company in scare quotes, mm-hmm. but because they don't really do anything. But like, we've kind of been following these guys since we started the podcast, and like. I just can't believe this thing keeps popping up, especially now, especially in 2022 after the pandemic uh, with like looming scarcity. Like this is a this is a goofy ass idea that yeah, should not have money thrown at it. Yeah, well, it's the um, it's because we obviously I don't it, I mean, look, we know why we can't do the thing we know works because mm-hmm. the things we know work are public goods that sort of begin to shift the boot off of the neck of alienated and desperated workers. Yes. Right? If, because if you have a train and you can get around, that means that, and you don't, aren't depending on a car that's constantly breaking down, that you have to insure, that you have to pay for, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. A thing that you can have that's decommodified is a degree of freedom that you can use in order to improve your, for example, life. Yes. Right? And the more degrees of freedom you have, the more difficult you are to control. So the more... Look, it's 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 a way of thinking. It's I'm not so naive as to say socialism is when state does things, but if there are things that are effectively decommodified, it does mean that you, for example, have better bargaining power. Because hey, check it out, I can leave this job and go to a job in a different place that I can get to. Yeah, you should give me a raise. These kinds of things, and and look, it's not all beer and skittles, right? Like these these things are just are things that can be used by anyone and so on, but. The more, or the more public transport you have, the more take home, the more you have of a take home wage. Yeah. Right. Because you're not paying for a car. And so, you know, it's um, the, and so the, it's, it's of no surprise to me that the main way we talk about the future, which is a wizard will do it dressed as a technology company, Mm -hmm. uh, it's no surprise to me that a lot of these great big stories of sort of upcoming revolutions in infrastructure that have been promised for the last, what, 12, 15 years never seem to arise and the ones that do arise are just them doing the boring thing yeah you can't have the type of infrastructure collapse that north america is going through where there's serious backsliding on um things that people used to rely on and th- and then say okay well we've backslid but we're gonna leapfrog over where we were to some well we needed to backslide so that we could create oh, the economic oh, yeah. conditions for the leapfrog that's right you gotta you gotta kind of <laughs> it's like when you're jumping over a cliff you gotta take a run at it yeah exactly yeah yeah so we we look if we kept on funding all of that boring stuff we know works mm-hmm. we wouldn't have gotten into the position where the tax incentives were there uh for you know sebastian uh, grundle <laughs> to create uh this insane thing <laughs> That uh, we can't know how it works. Yeah, we, we yeah. Sebastian Grundle wouldn't have been able to create Super Train, you know. And uh, it's it's just every time I see a Hyperloop, I just become incandescently mad because I know it's sucking oxygen and resources from a thing that we know works. I would love to know who uh, got suckered into donating this. Who's the Shelbyville? Who's the who's the <laughs> who's the North Ogdenville? In this? Uh, they don't say. They don't say. They do call it the fifth mode of transportation that is neither driving nor flying. Ah, the fifth way. Yeah, the, the fifth way. The, it's, it's one of the nine delights. Um, but also, where, where, where we are, where we are, where we, we are currently recording from an undisclosed location in, um, in, in Her Majesty's Great Britain. Deep underground, deep under uh, the, the rich and storied soil of this United Kingdom's. 
we are actually underground. We are. Yeah, yeah. we are recording in a basement. We are actually underground at the moment. Um, so jot that down. Uh, yeah, we um, ma- we 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 are where we are now has a new uh government, which is very exciting. We've we have the prime minister uh, now. Uh, I was worried that we'd get. I'm very excited about this prime minister. I think great things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I think it's. I do think it's good that you have a basement to go to. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Is it's speaking your... of hermetically sealed? What's the uh, air filtration <laughs> system down here? What do you guys got going on? Yeah, got yeah. Liz Truss. Liz Truss made prime minister, and suddenly uh, iodine in the UK becomes very yeah, exactly, expensive. Exactly. But though they're the suckers, because then what are you going to do? Live in an irradiated wasteland? You, Fallout's fun to play, but then you like to go to your normal fridge and get some normal water. Yeah, exactly. That's why you can just go to Spain or something like that. It'll be great. Uh, I mean, I think I, I think that if anyone's going to um, set off the kind of uh, nuclear exchange that no one really is going to be able to recover from. It definitely is going to be Britain's uh, biggest dimwit politician. Yes, absolutely. Um, no, I mean, what's well, the other thing that we have announced, though, and I, got, I, I looked into see, I looked into Canada for this a bit. I mean, there are, our energy situation has gotten so bad that the Canadian press has started reporting, don't worry, it won't get like that here. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Also, speaking of Canadian press and Liz Truss, uh, Melanie Jolie, uh, you know, when when this was announced, uh, the foreign affairs minister congratulated her publicly, but only in the framework of uh, her support for Ukraine, which to me is like insane. It is insane that that is the only lens that people are talking about this. Yeah. Well, like what else goes on in politics? I don't think there's a lot else. There's, what else are you going to talk about? This, like the fact that we're, well, I don't know, it's, um, Canada's kind of one of the main things that could possibly bail Britain out of its um, uh, decision to erect trade barriers with all of its neighbors. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm, no, odd. Um, also, uh, uh, Trudeau, Trudeau congratulated her on the, on the basis of just, uh, you know, standard um, sort of milk toast. Um, yeah, like, like milk toast. Uh, congratulations. Oh, I look forward to working together. But, uh, Jolie said, Liz, you've been a true ally when it comes to imposing, imposing harsh sanctions on Putin and his enablers. The work isn't over, and Canada and the UK will continue to work together to hold the Russian regime uh, to account for their crimes. Great. So, yeah, those sanctions, which have nothing to do with the energy, which don't even have a little bit to do with the energy crisis yeah. in Europe. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it, it just to, to try to sort of think about this as, from the perspective of a Canadian, just seeing the global news article energy prices soar in britain can canadians expect to pay more too oh, man uh, and then um, <laughs> um and then at the end the article having to get a professor at the university of waterloo having to sort of reassure you canada has enough housing supply in fact we hired energy export nation so if we get to the worst situation we should be supplying sufficiently for the domestic market oh my god like, dude don't, don't worry Everything's okay in here. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. Nobody worry about anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we do have several large conglomerates in control of stuff like uh, internet infrastructure, which you know, whatever. It's we'll be fine. It's ah, like, don't worry about that. Okay. Don't worry about the fact that um, it seems as it, that it it seems as though um, and I'll, I'll talk about this in, in a little bit actually because uh, I did pull some information about the um. Uh, Pierre Polyev's uh, rising popularity among eighteen to thirty fours. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But let's so let's not you know let's not fix any of the stuff. 
Uh, but in, in in Britain, the the way we're dealing with the energy crisis has now been announced, uh, which is uh, the following. Okay, we've realized that people are not going to be able to pay eight thousand pounds a year in energy, mm-hmm. which, by the mm-hmm. way, is what what the situation was going to be. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Like since I've been uh, in Ireland and and the UK for the last like two weeks, I guess I've definitely noticed people, especially small business owners, posting uh, posting just astronomical energy bills. You know, yeah. I saw in Dublin somebody posted it was like a twenty two thousand pound energy. Boot. Or sorry, Euro energy bill. Yeah. Well it's um it's because one of the one of the contributors to this, at least in the UK, is that when we privatized our, our sort of energy infrastructure, we also privatized gas storage. And um it turned out that just storing gas wasn't very profitable. Mm-hmm. So Centrica, the company that it was privatized to, shut down all of it. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So it just said, What if we did just in time supply chain, but for, for energy fuel. for fuel? Yeah. yeah, and we and we assume nothing. Just just like a hyperloop, we'll just assume nothing will ever go wrong. Yeah, safe yeah. bet, safe bet. Yeah, look, nothing went wrong for quite a while. Seems like seems like somebody doesn't have a lot of faith, Riley. You know, I yeah. think you have to believe just in time uh, delivery uh, for things like energy requires a sort of fanatical level of belief. It requires everybody to close their eyes and push their palms. Uh, over their closed eyelids yes. until they uh, begin to see the world as it truly is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Do it, you see? So we we what we did is yeah got rid of all of that. Um, and then uh, because it was uh, because it's college to um, it's uni yeah. to invest in um, and not like you know um, genuine salt of the earth to invest in you know like renewables and stuff. We didn't do tons of that when money was free. Mm-hmm. Now that money's not free. What we're going to do is we're going to borrow quite a bit of money on the international capital markets. Okay, okay. And then what we're going to do is we're going to cap people's bills by handing that money to one of several energy com- one of you know six energy companies. Interesting. So it's a it's a, it's a bailout. Uh, it not only is it a bailout, it is a bailout that is costing like 140 billion pounds. When in the context, the bailout of the British banking sector was about half a trillion pounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what we're doing is um, based, no, like at least as a result of uh, a lot of loose mortgage lending policies, some people were housed for a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this case, uh, just a real aversion to ever investing in anything, um, treasury logic has meant that we're doing, some, we're doing the thing that basically changed politics more or less forever um, we're doing something like that again on the same order of magnitude, um, but we've removed the bit from the last one where some people were housed for a bit. Okay. okay. We've gone directly to just a gigantic giveaway for not just energy companies, not just energy company shareholders, but the publicly owned energy companies of other countries who are the private owners of our energy companies. Yes. So... Um, Basically, the United Kingdom is borrowing an enormous amount of money to give to energy producers, which go, is going some way to subsidizing the bills of consumers in France because it would be uh, bleeding heart socialism to do the other thing. Um, and you might be asking, okay, well, you know, uh, surely this somehow this money is going to have to get paid back. Uh, the government is way ahead of you on that one. Uh, and they're saying they're just going to apply a levy to everyone's bills for the next 10 to 20 years. Oh, great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, the books are going to get balanced, is what I'm hearing. So basically, everyone in Britain, what's happened is the last time there was what is essentially a mortgage crisis, um, 
some people got housing out of it. This time, what they're doing is they're basically making everyone in the state take out what is more or less a personal loan for uh, 18 months worth of energy to be paid back over a mortgage amount of time. Beautiful. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you'll still be able to heat up your pie in a can in, in the stove. Oh, yeah. Right? You're going like, to get your pie in a can. Uh, you're going to be able to enjoy... I, I did see that uh, just in, in um, Manchester. I was in Manchester a couple of days ago and I went, to, I went to Morrison's. There's a place called Morrison's. Oh, there's Are a you place familiar? called Morrison's all over the shop. It's you familiar been, uh, with Morrison's? Yeah, it's the subject of a very controversial private equity buyout. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm assuming it's a low-cost grocery store? Uh, or it's quite, just a grocery store? Actually, like, I don't think I've ever actually been to a Morrison's. You I don't get the, as many of them in, the, in London. I was there to buy... Um, Elf Bar 600 brand uh, disposable vape pods. And yeah, put in your eyes. Yes, to put in my eyes so I can see, uh-huh. um, pro- can see properly. Yeah, finally. Finally. Yeah. Capital S C. Um, and I also wanted to buy a cheeky sandwich because I was a little hungry. Mm-hmm. So I got my sandwich. And then... Uh, my most uh, dad opinion is that the sandwiches have got worse in the last two years. This sandwich was pretty... In bed, it was a uh, coronation chicken, something called oh, that's coronation really, that's usually chicken. Really good. This not this not not so it's good. Basically, a curry sandwich, bread, and it's pretty tasty. Bread was wet, wet oh, bread. Oh no, wet bread. Yeah, wet no, bread. I'm Just gonna give look. This is a tip uniformly for uniformly soggy texture. This is a tip sandwich. for you. This is a tip for everyone listening. You're in the UK, and you pass a Marks and Spencer. You go in there. You grab the little black. It's most of the sandwich boxes are white. Uh huh. There's one black box. The sandwich. It's called our best ever prawn sandwich. Oh, damn. You buy that sandwich and you thank me later. Prawn sandwich. I'm always like a little hesitant to buy a seafood sandwich at a gas station or at no, a... No, 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 no. Don't worry know. about it. This is, it it's at, it's at okay. Marks and Spencer. It's Sounds, fine. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. It's, it's, okay. It, it, it's robust quality at Marks and Sparks. So I'm, so I'm on my way over to get the elf uh, thing, the, the vapes, and I've got the sandwich in my hand and I walk down this aisle of uh, like just very british food and i look and what do i see but i see meat pies in a can and and it says right on the lid it says remove the lid and put in oven so so it's a pie in a can and you take the lid off and you just pop it in the oven and then i guess you just dump it out and then and there it is there's your pie why why in a can i don't know because oh, they can store it at room temperature oh of course yes got you okay understood that that feels like environmental storytelling in a post-apocalypse. Like we're ready for, for pie, pie in a can. Yeah, we're ready for like like British fallout. Tell you, buddy, after yeah, one one year of Liz Truss being in charge, you're gonna be you're gonna be wishing you'd bought all the pies in the cans at Morrison's. <laughs> Just in, in in your bunker with nothing but pies in. It's, yeah. it's, it's imagine this picture. It's the shot. It's a bunker. There's shelves and shelves and shelves of pie in a can. Yeah. Uh, one of them is open and and it's and it's on a plate with one bite out of it. Yes. The camera, but there's no one there. Yes. The camera pans more pies and cans. It's a well-stocked bunker. Yeah, yeah. Pans up, but nothing but pies and cans. Mm-hmm. Pans up to the uh, open door. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Someone has left. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, 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 I could not face yeah. a lifetime of Can't eating pie it. in a can. One bite, one bite, baby. We one. should try pie in a can while you're here. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm down. You want to come to my house on Friday and then we can, I can make a good that dinner? Af- that's after the show day. So yes, I'm not risking pie in a can before that. Yeah. You come to my house on Friday. We'll bring a pie in a can and I'll make an otherwise good dinner. Okay. And we okay. can try the pie in the can and then have a good dinner. Why don't we, uh, why don't we pick up one of those prawn sandwiches you keep talking about? Uh, look, I, that's just good. I will just eat that. All right. 
Yeah, okay. that's, I, that's great. That used to be when I had to like, when I, when I had to take a train more frequently for my day job, mm-hmm. I was constant. I was passing a Marks and Spencer. I was getting up at like 6.30 to get, it sucked. Uh, I was constantly, that was the high point of my day is getting Just a Marks pop, and Spencer. in there. Getting a Marks and Spencer prawn sandwich and a diet Florida orange sparkling. Delicious. Florida orange sparkling. It, I it, have so much to learn. You yeah, know? you need to, look, you need to learn how to be over here in Great Britain. I, I, you can start saying, instead of saying 3.30, you could say stuff like half three. Half three. Instead of saying yeah. like, uh, what should That's I? That's 1.5. What should that I do? That doesn't make any sense. What, what shall I do on a Sunday? You could be like, what shall I do of a Sunday? What Just, shall I do of a Sunday? What, sh- what shall I do of a I Sunday? Do like the, I do like the idea of a Sunday roast. Like, that's cool. Oh, you're not going to be here on Sunday. I'm not. I'm going to be oh, on a bus. It. You're to, never here on Sunday. I'm going to be on a bus to uh, Calais. Yeah. So. Well, you should be here on more Sundays, I think. Damn. Because then, do you, do you think I, not, I do not know where to get a great roast? I know where to get a fantastic roast. I want to experience this roast. Well, we, but I, look. We're going to experience the roast. We're going to experience going out to dinner after this, which is good because I'm deliriously hungry. Oh, I'm hungry too, dude. But this, is, this is why we were talking about, so I can't even remember what we were talking about. And we just started talking about pie in a can, pie in a can. And now I, <laughs> I would eat a fucking pie in a can right now. I would smash is, a pie like, in a can. I, I was thinking about like, oh yeah, we have the, the, the Hyperloop update. We've got like the, the British politics stuff. I got a whole article, like insane article about Pierre Polyev. And I'm just like, God damn it, I'm so fucking hungry. Yeah, yeah. Is Pierre Polyev talking about food? Because if he isn't, I don't care. <laughs> There. What's his? Yeah. Blah blah blah. Fuck <laughs> Look, we all remember your thing about Bitcoin. The fact that you were a Bitcoin maximalist, even though nobody else seems to, which I think we predicted would happen. Imagine being stuck in a bunker with that guy. Does he have any food? <laughs> he would. I have a feeling he would taste really bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. All all, all sort of stringy and um, superior. Stringy and greasy at the same yeah, time. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Um. Like like a like a like a scrawny bear or something. Oh. Yeah. Ugh, terrible. Uh, I mean, this is we we I, I do like that we're now at the stage where we're seeing the subjects of our podcast sort of transform into <laughs> to like chicken uh, legs, ham sandwich, yeah, big yeah. ham sandwich, a chicken yeah. leg, a sort of um a, a sort of a, a cut of beef with butter melting over it, yeah, yeah. like a dozen or so oysters. I'm just imagining <laughs> Pierre Polyver. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's sitting in a pot. Uh, he's got an <laughs> apple in his mouth, and I'm slicing a big carrot into the pot. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's talking about Bitcoin. Yeah, he's, he's talking about restoring uh, the Canadians' freedoms from uh, medical coercion. Yeah. And like I'm, I'm thinking about whether I should use sage or thyme or both. Yeah, yeah. Well, to say, look, it's an alternative to vaccination. Yeah. Am I going to have to skim the fat off this pot? I don't know. Yeah, I'll, probably I'll not. I'll solve that problem when I get there. Uh, you can pay for, uh, for it with Bitcoin. No, look, we're... Are we very, very hungry? Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Are we going to soldier on with the episode? I guess so. Also, yes. <laughs> Oh yes, because that's right. Um, this is this is the uh, we've talked about this before, right? Which is that the energy in Canadian politics right now is basically the Conservative leadership election. Yeah, absolutely, I, that's not saying that the essence of the energy of Canadian politics right now is the Conservative leadership election. It's just a lot of parties have spent a lot of time uh, and expended political capital, especially the NDP, going into sort of a not coalition with the Liberals in making sure that. Um, uh, that there is no other energy, there's no other possibility for movement. Mm-hmm. Everything is now very set yep. everywhere except Calcified. the right of the Conservative Party. Yeah, which is always terrifying when that's the case. It's bad. Like that's never good. You it's never not, want that to be the Nothing to look forward to. <laughs> like with the, all the outcomes are pretty bad. Yeah, 
But that's, and I mean, look, you could you could very easily also say that um, uh, that's the fault of the uh, NDP for not really giving anyone anything to look forward to with their uh, terrible coalition, sorry, not coalition deal with the yeah. liberals. Yeah, their terrible dom sub relationship with the liberals. Yes. Yeah, of, of being sort of 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 giving it all away for not really free dental. Okay. Of yeah. giving everything away for not really for, of totally ceding the ceding even the small amount of initiative they had on like dealing with the housing crisis for example gone. Yeah, that's Nothing. not nobody's talking about that shit anymore. Now it's just the like, it's like oh how the housing prices are falling and that's bad. Yeah. You know. That's that's oh, it. Yeah, so it that's I mean that's the other thing, right? You you want to ask yourself, you know, what um where there is kind of no room for maneuver uh, in the sort of center comprising comprised of the NDP and the liberals um, and the main thing that your society is built on which is the idea of a kind of double subsidy to mm-hmm. uh, highly engaged voters yes right in the form of uh, in the form of sort of investments that are supposed to asset prices that are supposed to inflate right and the fact that on the one hand your asset prices in, in your like you know retirement fund if you have them sort of just inflate that's one one of your subsidies in in Britain, there's a third subsidy, which is the triple lock on pensions. Okay, it means that pensions can never be reduced, and they can never fall in real terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they they so they must always rise. Um, they can ne- nothing can ever make them go down, even inflation. Basically, right. that's the triple lock on pensions uh, in Britain. So there's a third one, but in Canada, the other the main one is just this idea of the next ge- of the not only is the is the currently working age Canadians paying my pension now, uh, which again like. That's fine. That's how social security works. Like yeah, that's normal. Be, that's normal. Like f- that's good. But uh but at the same time, uh also working age Canadians if they want to have a house are going to have to take out a larger loan that another generation of working age Canadians will compensate them for by paying for their retirement by taking out a giant loan. And that political compact is broken down. And so for example, the only people who are credible about housing now that even the people who own housing are panicking about housing. And everyone's panicking about housing for opposite reasons um, because it's not as though the, pri- the price crash has been enough to make the owners of the assets very uncomfortable. Again, not in a way that is politically productive, of course. No, of course um, not. No, but, and not in a way that is seriously going to materially deprive them of anything, whereas the people on the other side of the housing crisis are looking at things falling to, what, 2019 levels, 2020 levels? Well, I think it's worth like, reminding ourselves that um, we'd have to have how many great financial crises uh, worth, 2007, 2008 great financial crises worth of housing collapse in order just to bring the Canadian market back to being an unsustainable bubble even net of inflation, like what three, four, three or four, yeah, three yeah. or four uh, great financial crises, and the fact that it is now being widely reported that the only person talking about housing really is fucking Pierre Polyev, which is an insane. I mean, on the one hand, it's my man in- loves building materials. He loves he loves wood, <laughs> nickel, nickel, anything. He loves nickel. He loves wood. He loves he's, he loves structure. Yeah, the man the man loves the structure, and I mean, you know, it's uh, uh there is. The, the liberals keep on announcing um, some like large amounts of money for for affordable housing, but it's never social housing. So it just gets the same. It's the same thing. Why, like in yeah. the UK, we say, "Oh, we're going to drill for more North Sea gas." Well, it doesn't matter how much more supply you add because there's so much demand, and that demand is pretty much inelastic. That it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Any more supply you add without 
dealing with the ownership question is just going to rocket up to the price of everything else and be as unaffordable as anything else. Exactly. So, fantastic. Great. You're going to build, what, a whole new tranche of eventual uh, properties for a REIT to own. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't wait to invest they're in gonna build, They're going to build new Revelstoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the Vales of Castlemore. They're going to build Sudbury too. Yeah. Exactly. So the fact that like, that no one is really no one is really talking about doing anything other than what they've been doing the whole time mm-hmm. is a huge dereliction of duty at a time when everyone who has a house is terrified about the value of it dropping because it's just dropped a sort of crisis amount especially in Toronto yeah. which is where these people should be comfortably getting elected and but it hasn't dropped by so much that all of the people who've been locked out of the housing market are any less locked out of the housing market. Yeah, and also d- rents have not fallen. Well, d- come on, that's okay. not you know, yeah. rents are not dropping. Well, can't do that. No, no, because uh, you got to think of the landlords. You know, well, their the, the, their the, asset, they're they're really feeling the pinch right now. Uh, Nicholas Sturgeon, and, and, the first minister of Scotland, announced a uh, a rent freeze uh, in Scotland, and. Um, Landlord, the Landlords Association has been like, oh yeah, well maybe we'll just take our homes off the market. And it's like, okay, what are you going to tear down the homes? Are the homes going to go anywhere? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. So the most, honestly, the most petulant political class. Yeah. Like it's very annoying. Um, that's the main thing about them. Um, but right. So the, the fact is, right. It's, it's that nothing, it's also important to say like, it's not as though like anything Pierre Polyev is time we've talked to death about what he's actually proposing. Not that anything he's proposing is at all realistic or will yeah. really do anything other than just um, cause the market to be a little bit weird and then lots of more housing to accelerate to exactly where it's accelerating to now. The distributional effects will be probably not dissimilar from liberal policies, maybe a little worse, but he's the only person who's acting crazy. Yeah. No one else is acting crazy. Nobody's acting crazy. So he's getting, he is hoovering up all of that attention. Yeah. Because, because that's where the energy is. Yeah. Canada need, Canada is in a crazy situation. Yeah. It is, the, the, the things are, are so, no one else is acting as weird as Canada's, uh, the situation in Canada actually is. Yeah. And, and you're so, and if you feel crazy, then seeing Justin Trudeau get up there and be like, we're going to solve the problem with, you know, sensible um, public housing, tar- not public housing, of course, sensible, affordable housing subsidies, whatever. Even more insane. Yeah. So if like, someone gets up there and it's just like, we're going to do it with Bitcoin, you're like, fuck it. This is my guy. Yeah. This is the guy. So at least he's reacting, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> at least he's, he seems, it seems to be able to, and again, it's because he's a, you know, he, he's, it's because he's like a reactionary university uh, he's a conservative. Bow tie. He's a fucking bow tie yeah, guy. He's a, bow, he's a bow tie nerd, but he also got like, he got sort of turned into, you know, a, a right wing online statue guy. He, I, it's so funny to me that this becomes like the focus of interest in Canada where the energy is politically, because this guy outside of Canada, you drop him into like the American bow tie sphere. Um, he doesn't even merit a mention. He, he, he doesn't. doesn't he's, he does, he's, he's not like a even a fucking reply guy to the main guys. Yeah, he's there, not you know? even like, a columnist in Compact. No, absolutely not, not. He's a reply guy to Compact. He's a Compact reply guy, and and it's just it's just it fills me with a deep sense of na- all the political stuff aside. Just the sense of national. Shit, I get hot behind the ears mm. seeing all this fucking media energy expended on this wet 
dude. This wad. This wad. <laughs> this like ambulatory wad. Like and, and and it's 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 a combination, right? Of the media's looking at him because he's the only person who seems to be willing to meet the insanity of the moment with concomitant insanity. Commensurate insanity, rather. And uh, yeah, he's doing the stimulus response thing that yeah. you would expect anybody to do. Well, except, of course, a high level Canadian politician, given how cloistered and, um, uh, you know, elite Canadian politics is. Yeah. So this is an article in uh, the Toronto Star. Um, it starts with some quotes. Our next prime minister, I'll vote for you, bro. This guy is Canada's future. <laughs> Those are the it's just it's so cool. I'll vote for I you, love, bro. I love the I, I'll vote for you, bro. I'll vote for you, bro. It sounds like something like you. You'd say to your friend who you know is going to lose a like student body election. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, mm-hmm. I'll vote for you, bro. Uh, these I, are the I'll kind. I'll vote for you, bro. Do you want a back rub, bro? <laughs> your hamstrings look really tight, bro. Oh, let's let's do I the stretch. You. you know the stretch, bro. I love, I love Come on, you, do bro. The stretch. <laughs> uh, these are the kinds of comments that NDP leader Jagmeet Singh used to get in his TikTok videos. I wonder why he doesn't get them anymore. Maybe that he stopped even pretending to be willing to meet this insanity. Of Canada situation with concomitant radical policies. I don't know. That's right. Um, users of the app, a youth favorite, would reply to the leader's viral clips, begging him to unseat Trudeau and change the way politics is done in Canada. But those comments aren't from Singh's profile. They're scattered beneath presumed conservative leadership front 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 runner Pierre Polyev's TikTok videos. And now the heart emojis are blue. No, blue. No. Not blue. No. Um. But like you know, again, this is like. You know, if he is if he is essentially swept to power in much the same way as Stephen Harper was swept to power, which is a kind of yeah you know someone who would be a, a fourth rate you know Tucker Carlson or yeah. at, least, at that point I guess Bill O'Reilly guest yeah. in America sort of just swept to power in Canada because obviously um, on, on the basis of the kind of long uh, dissatisfaction with sort of liberal fecklessness mm-hmm. we know how insanely damaging the harper premiership was in yeah. canada because partly because it created a model that the trudeau liberals could then just shore up and continue mm-hmm. like so many things we've discussed it's that these that the harper government would start something some insane thing whether it's the victims of communism memorial whether it's the f-35 procurement uh environmental deregulation whatever uh, yeah the the what we do with um with development aid uh to like rewrite countries mining codes all this stuff that originates in the harper government gets carried on by the trudeau government and so i have no reason to think that when you know eventually canada realizes that they've elected a wad mm-hmm. and then the sort of natural party of government kind of just you know gets kind of just pushed back into government and you know Prime Minister Freeland is there. Oh, nine, Riley, yeah. come on, man. Don't and, say it. And nine, 90% of what, of what Polyev did, except maybe some of the like wackier, libertari- wackier weirdo libertarian stuff that someone like Freeland would be too embarrassed to be associated with. The year is 2027. I'm serving hard time in Sudbury 2 Gulag for violating the uh, new Code 20. Uh, don't be mean to Christia Freeland. <laughs> yeah, you're mining an even bigger nickel. I am. They're trying to make the big. They're trying to. They're trying to make a nickel twice the size of the existing biggest nickel. Um, I'm on the front line. That's right. So it's all that we would see is then is another lurch to the right, and then the liberals just continuing, uh, continuing that. So I mean, I, I'm under no illusions that like not only would nothing is nothing Pierre Polyev proposes going to work. Anything he does 
is just going to be later like valid, like sort of quietly carried on by the liberals who replace him. Yes. Right. And, but in the, and it's at this point, it's almost just a PR, a I messaging I can't see him thing. doing anything. That's the thing. I just don't know he would, he what would, is he, he going would to. He would govern Stephen Harper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harper, I, I, I'm not saying you got to hand it to Harper, but his his government had a very uh, dead-eyed sort of uh, determined sort of dismantling of of a lot of things we took for granted in Canada, and they were very effective at it. Um, and Bolivar, I don't know, like I don't I don't know what his policies are. You know, I mean, it's this it's the same. It's just you know, it's updated with because it, it's the same stuff, yeah. right? It's the same sort of like sort of reduction in um in, in social spending. It's the same sort of market oriented housing reforms, but like being a massive yimby. Basically, what else can we get rid of at this point? Like, it's yeah, yeah. just you know we're looking at oh, okay. I mean, there are still schools. For example, for example, it's I don't know. There there are still schools. Yeah, there that's still true. Public schools. That's true. Wasteful, wasteful schools. Um, you know, even. Even the small amounts of money that the liberal governments are sort of promising towards building affordable housing, we could do away with, uh, we could stop doing that and instead just do, make it legal to like have someone live in a bird box. Technically, it's a house. Ooh, what if you could live on the vacuum train? <laughs> yeah, we could just, uh, we, we could make Snowpiercer. Snow yeah, yeah, we could, we're yeah, going to make Snowpiercer. No, what we're going to do, we're not going to make Snowpiercer. We're going to get rid of the burdensome this, regulations dude, that keep the Snowpiercer from being created by the market. Oh my God, this solves so many problems. This big fight, yes, in my backyard, no, in my backyard. Guess what? It's in both your backyards and then it's gone. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it's always somewhere. Yeah. But this is from the, 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 the Star article, right? And this is based on. A national survey of 5,200 adults, which found that if a general election were held, 24% of Canadians aged 18 to 29 would vote conservative. Mm. And this is like, this is a, a major uh, increase uh, in, in sort of in young people sort of choosing to support the conservative party. Again, the, and the problem, of course, if, is that the other two don't give them a reason to. Yeah, exactly. Right. But um, this is, a, and, and the, the article then goes to talk to a bunch of campus conservatives. Again, like it would be so awful if we get the ascendancy not just of reascendancy of conservatism, but of campus style conservatism. Uh, the most annoying whiny one. Yeah, yeah. Heritage Minister Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah. Uh and you know, it says that the um the message that sort of that again, they interview these young conservatives at, at university. So again, all of these anecdotes should be taken with a you know, a, a sort of a dump truck of salt. Yeah. Because they're interviewing young conservatives, all of whom dream to one day molt into Pierre Polyev. Yes. Right? He, he's the Ur campus conservative. He's the, he's the Highlander. Yeah. Um, but the idea, but the, a lot of the ideas they're talking about are specifically around, um, let's say, acknowledging that uh, a public health approach to the COVID-19 pandemic was a, generally a uh, bad thing to do. That you shouldn't make people have vaccines, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Again, as much as you know, as much as a, any good abolitionist, you're like, well, yeah, you, they, these coercive measures are bad. You know, that's not what they're talking about. No, it's right. Not. Uh, you know that, um, you, and you know that like that, that any, and the other thing is talking about affordability and the cost of living, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and th we don't even need to bring in, well, you know, as a good abolitionist, you don't need to be that. Like we're talking about vaccines. You just know that everything he's saying is complete horseshit because he's just saying, we're going to do trickle down economics. 
all inflation happens because there's you know too too much money chasing too few goods. That's what he always yeah. says in his YouTube videos, right? Yeah, yeah. When really what the inflationary environment we're in is cost push. It's because of it's because of bottlenecks and other supply chains. Scarcity. You, you can't you can't handle it with the things he's proposing. It doesn't matter because no one else is going to be. No one else is crazy enough to propose something equal to the challenge. Yeah. So he's just you know proposing empty county. It says you know and all the anecdotes have sort of uh, hipster coffee shop written all over it. But you know. The, the idea that like he's gaining ground with people who have nothing to lose and who, have, who don't seem to ha- who have nothing to lose and kind of nothing to gain from supporting the status quo, yeah. he can kind of say anything. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. It's like <laughs> there is such a vacuum that this wad can be, you know, the wad is like uh, not a high stakes bet. No. no, of course. And, you know, it's... um. He's enjoying his weirdness dividend because mm-hmm. Canada's crying out for a weird person. Yeah, we want a character, <laughs> and we got the wad. You know, and um, and and the 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 response to the star has been a couple fold. The liberals said, uh, in the response to the article, that they are quote constantly finding new and innovative ways to speak to and engage with young voters. Which, like, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. They keep trying to speak to and engage with them. Instead of just act in a way that's going to get the atten- their attention. And make them vote. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, there's just, no one's willing to be fucking crazy. Somebody needs to be crazy. Somebody needs to, look, the, the liberal, like, some of them are insane. Yes. Right? Yes. But they're, but they're coldly insane. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking about, you know, I, I always go back to Freeland, but I was thinking about Freeland uh, just as a great example of the liberals being, like, Freeland herself, like, is a deeply, deeply weird person. And as someone who has spent just an inordinate amount of time uh, reading about her life and the way she's navigated her, like her career in politics or whatever, it's, she's a totally bizarre and odd person besides everything else. But like you said, it's all encased in this cold exterior. Yeah, you we know? need to get like, we need, we need like- We some, need hot weirdos. We need-, hot, we need and we need people who, and I don't, I don't mean hot weirdos like, you know, sexy weirdos. Yeah, I mean fiery weirdos. I mean like, yeah, fiery weirdos. Yeah. You know, yeah. like real oddballs. Yes. Yeah, you know, we got to mix it up, man. You know, because it, it's, that's the thing. Maxine like, Bernier, no, not, not weird enough. We no, need to get weird. not nearly weird enough. Cortland Cronk, weird enough. Cortland Cronk, let's fucking go. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, all those, all the, the People's Party of, uh, of Canada candidates had all of the weirdness, but none of the... But none of the sort of force, none of the sort of, uh, um, you might say, political heft. Yeah, they did. They, they, they flipped it. They did the wrong thing. They basically had all that weird energy. And what they presented with was a slight, was, was a more right wing racist uh, version of the existing conservative party. They yeah. put their most normal face forward uh, in front of all that pent up weird <laughs> energy. And what they should have done is had Nikola Das run, you know? <laughs> like- exactly. <laughs> and so now, you know, what, what's, I think the, that, that Pierre Polyev is the actually the amalgamation of those two things in the form of a bow tie conservative. Yeah, so they've created like another form of just like radical centrism out of the but two because, energies. But because like, he's so reactive to like YouTube and Twitter, he's managed to to sort of and, and is just channeling all that all the weirdness of those two places into Canada. Mm-hmm. So he's got all kinds of crazy fucking ideas. Yeah, and he's got these. He's, he's he's hot. He's on. He's on fire. He's like he's feeling he's himself be, yeah, right he's, now. Yeah, he's gonna be like, yeah, fuck it. Put um, 
we're going to put the army on the blockchain. Find out what that means later. Yes, exactly. You know, we're we're going to say instead of doing vaccines, we're going to get the, the 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 ball fire guy. Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do natural we're, solutions. We're all going to ball breathe. Yes, uh, throughout the country. You know, and beautiful. You know, if if you're if you've Fuck lived it, through, why not? Yeah. Who fucking cares? Whatever. If Let's go. If you've lived through the last several years of like slow rolled collapse. And then, you know, this you know, t- tedious like you know, meatloaf comes in and just says, we're going to try ball breathing. And of course, of course, you're going to be like, ah, it's better than better than what we know doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, let's have the decade of the smile. Why not? You know? <laughs> like, Five year smile plan. <clears throat> and so for the liberals just to say, we're reaching out and engaging with young people. That's all cool. That's too cold. It's so cool. Not yeah. cool as in, oh, it's very cool, but it's just. It's, it's low temperature. Yeah, we're not saying hot isn't sexy, and we're not saying cool isn't like a guy in a leather jacket snapping his fingers oh, outside a convenience cool, store. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, say for 10 years, the conservatives turned their backs on young Canadians, and now their leadership candidates are putting risky policies that would take us backwards. Motherfucker, for as long as you've been in office, you turned your backs on young Canadians. Absolutely. <laughs> Who hasn't turned their backs on young Canadians? Yeah. Every, this guy's at least pretending to every care. Every single fucking political party. Every one of them. This is, NDP, the, the, the Green, all of them. Yeah. I would say even the like on a much smaller scale, even the fucking Communist Party of Canada, who got a huge injection of energy from uh, d- disaffected and alienated youth during the pandemic, publicly turned their back on that youth wing. Yep. And detonated themselves yep. over it. Not a single party in this country has like figured out how to in- engage or even bothered to try to engage with. Well, it's young because people. they keep on thinking about it as engagement, as oh, we just have to get the right amount of comments on our TikTok. Not like we, not to understand that I think young people correctly have surmised that things are extremely weird, crazy, and fucked. And they never, you know, the, the last person who I think productively engaged with how fucked everything was, was Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. That's the last major politician to do that. I mean, for me, I, 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 obviously it's not Canada, but I've been getting a lot of like energy or whatever, just the feels from uh, watching people who represent various groups in this labor wave happening in the UK right now. It is oh, delightful yeah. to see those people on television just fucking shutting people down yeah because and not not from a partisan political perspective but from just a straight up just like no fuck you like this is this is a labor issue also because the in in this country as well as canada the sort of the the high levels of politics and mass media there if if you experience them and you experience your normal life the disjunct between them is enough to make you go crazy and so and someone like you know mick lynch going on to Going on to, um, you know, Good Morning Britain or whatever, and then just basically repairing that disjunct by making the people sort of perpetrating it look foolish. Yes. That is someone who, without necessarily being, uh, let's see, who is willing to not even be, um, not actually be crazy, but be crazy by the rules yes. of high level politics and media. Yes. Who is willing to be crazy by that standard. That works. Yeah. It's very appealing. Yeah. So on one ha- on one side you have that, and then on the other side you've got uh, this guy talking about putting the army on blockchain, and um, yeah, then, I, don't, I don't know building vacuum tubes between every. Oh, he fucking love that. He is gonna flip over this vacuum tube thing. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna be so excited to finally create a megalopolis, but that always votes conservative. Yeah, yeah. Um, the NDP. Just before we end, as the NDP has said about this, 
uh, again, correctly about, P- about Polyev. says he's been elected since he was in his 20s and made six-figure salaries since then. He's gotten a pension for life, and solutions he's putting forward don't actually put money back in people's pockets, said Singh's director of communications. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he hasn't. And yet, how come everyone's paying attention? They're not wrong to be paying attention to him. They're no. right to be not paying attention to you. Yeah. yeah. Give them a fucking reason. Well, they did give them a reason to pay attention to him. They were like, hey, all that shit that we said, uh, we're not going to do it, and we're going to form a coalition with the liberals. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, we're we, not even going to really like fix dental in a way that sort of w- anyone will remember by the time that it's fixed that it was us. Folks, we don't feel like governing. It's yeah. just too hard. Our tummies hurt. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, yeah, that's a correct criticism of Polyev. Maybe investigate why he's, uh, why he's bringing all this attention to himself and try and earn a little bit yourselves. Yeah, it is interesting to see people getting like really wound up about him and talk about him as if it's going to usher in like an age of fascism. I feel like a lot of the conversation around him is just rooted in 2016 and we can never leave that year you know if i've learned really anything it's that mostly these conservative parties like went back when they were supposedly respectable they were much more right-wing than anyone remembers one fucking hundred percent and now mostly (laughs) the same conservative parties uh conservative candidates whether that's here it's in the u.s it's in canada um are basically just are just continuity versions of their counterparts from the 90s and before yeah and you know, they, they do that because they're able to, you know, tap into the same sort of the same forces that the um, they said the same forces that kind of the like the liberals and then the liberal parties are sort of unwilling to address head on mm-hmm. by like, you know, for example, like by and, and instead sort of tend to pander to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, of course, I mean, it's we this is just the. The classic ratchet effect. Of, it's, it's interesting, right, that even though the liberals are kind of the natural party of government in Canada, just like over here, the ratchet effect of politics is still that the political energy of changing stuff seems to be with the conservatives. It would be funny if he does become prime minister just purely based on the fact that the media, uh, the ruling party and, and the opposition parties don't have enough gas in the tank or are unwilling to understand what's happening. You know, <laughs> like if this wad oozes his way across the finish line. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to see if that happens when it happens, because I'm about to eat this table and we have to go to dinner. Let's fucking eat. Let's go. Food. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>